1: Like this show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's the site that I use for my podcast and best part it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer and Anchor will even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) So today I'm joined by a very special guest, my sister-in-law, Amy. Uh, Amy is a PA here in Minnesota and mostly Wisconsin, but I'm coming at her with stories related to parenting, postpartum depression, and just,
2: okay. is it
1: tough love or parenting?
2: Okay. So you know what? A lot of times, I have no idea. Are all parents winging it? Yes, a hundred percent. I was at swim lessons the other day, and my daughter wouldn't get in the pool. Oh my
1: gosh! And
2: I literally turned to the parent next to me, and I was like, "I don't know what to do. Do I make her? Do I her just in. sit here? Do I like be like, okay, today's not a great day. Let's go." I'm like nobody knows. I don't know. And she turned to me, and she's like, "I don't know." <laughs>
1: everyone's just winging it
2: everyone's just swinging it well yeah.
1: we'll see what your takes are on these parents and if they're winging it or absolutely fucking it up oh okay <laughs> okay let's dive let's in let's do it So up first, this post kind of blew up on Reddit. The number of awards it has is absolutely baffling. So, am I the asshole for saying things my wife gives our infant in front of our child's doctor? This is right up your alley. Yeah, it is. Okay. (laughs) My wife and I have a two-month-old daughter. For the past month, she's been feeding our baby mashed potatoes, applesauce, sweet pea, assorted fruit juices. Wait, how old? two months old okay, and other things. The last time we went to the doctor, our pediatrician told us not to give her anything but formula until she was between four to six months old. Yeah. Sorry. My, my wife does not care and says she knows best for our child and our doctor isn't the parent. Our daughter is always constipated and screams for hours at night that my wife says is colic I've asked her numerous times to stop feeding our infant table food and go back to giving her formula. She is only feeding her one or two bottles of formula while I'm at work. The other morning, she was cooking scrambled eggs and oatmeal, and I was off work. So I started to make our daughter a bottle and feed her, and she stopped me and told me not to fill her up with that, and she wanted her to eat her oatmeal first. I fed her the bottle anyways after a huge argument. Well... Baby had a doctor's appointment, and my wife was talking about the colic and screaming fits. And when the doctor asked what she was feeding her, she said, only formula, nothing else. I was angry because she lied and told her, the pediatrician, every single thing that she has been giving her. And the doctor strongly recommended her to stop and that she was causing stomach upset, and more than likely the reason for all her stomach issues. Instead of being apologetic for this, my wife is mad at me and told me I ratted her out to the doctor and that she doesn't have to listen to her and that it's only a recommendation and that I made her look like a bad parent. I tell her what a selfish little twat she was being and now she wants me to go stay with my parents until she forgives me and asks me to come home. Am I the asshole here? I Maybe I shouldn't have flew mad at her and said some of the things I did. Maybe I should apologize to my wife. Hmm.
2: Oh my gosh, this is... Really hard, but my gut instinct here is like, no, don't do it. Don't give the baby all these foods. Food before one is mostly for fun.
1: Yeah. Mostly for fun. Well, and that's the infant-led weaning. That was like their main quote when I learned about that. It's like you start introducing foods at like what, like four to six months? So I really push for the six-month
2: mark. Um, I think formula or breast milk exclusively, personally, until six months. There are parents that choose uh, to start around the four-month mark. Um, And I also have heard different cultures, different people. You know, a lot of times our parents or people just do what their parents did. And if their parents started solids earlier, then that's kind of what they lean to. But the science has changed through the years. And so as the science has changed and we learn more, their recommendations change. So I can't fault her 100% because maybe this is what her grandma did and her mom did. And, you know, we all are, like, looking to our parents for advice because, I mean, we, nobody knows, yeah. right, what's going on. But I also wouldn't say that he was the asshole. I say 100% actually, nope, not the asshole. Not the asshole. I agree. He is also this child's parent. And if he clearly has concerns, then that really should be brought up. And he should voice his concerns to say, okay, what is the current recommendations? What should we be
1: doing? And yeah, I just, I don't think he's. Couldn't this cause like potentially like some long-term stomach issues for this kiddo too? Like mixing all this early? Because like I know, you know, with breast milk, there's a lot of gut like microbes that they get. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, the,
2: the concern that I would have is that if you're filling your child up with so much other stuff, you can really easily get focused on one food group or one food or just a few different foods and they're not getting the complete nutrition that they need. Formula, breast milk, they are designed to fulfill kids' needs. Mm-hmm. And so if you're filling them up with other things, then they're not going to get, like, all the vitamins, the minerals that they truly need and cause some stomach upset for this poor little kid. I mean, oh this poor gosh. little kid is having issues. I know. So if you're having issues, then, um, you know, you might want to do something different. But here's, here's one thing. My heart does go out a little bit to the mom um, because she doesn't really feel safe in that relationship that she has with her provider. Yeah. So she doesn't feel like she can be honest and get the best recommendations because any good medical provider, we know that we are here to provide you with the current recommendations, the current knowledge, the current guidelines, and we know ultimately it is up to you to make your decisions for your health. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that if we don't know the true information. So, like, I just, you know, I encourage everybody just be honest with your provider. If that's the best advice, honestly. Also, like,
1: dealing with a colicky baby. Yeah. I was so colicky, like, so colicky. And the horror stories my mom mm-hmm. tells me. Why would you want to give yourself and your child more issues? Don't you want an mm-hmm. easy infancy? And
2: your baby's sleeping through the night? Well, ultimately, I have to believe that, you know, parents in general, they are truly trying to do the best for their kiddos. Mm-hmm. So I believe that that's what this mom really, truly thinks, that she's doing the best for just, her kiddos. Yeah,
1: not the best info or right. the best judgment. She just needs
2: a little education. And so, I, you know, I actually applaud that dad. To, if he's like, dude, something's not right here, like, yeah. what can we
1: do different to really bring that up? I wouldn't, like, and I get, you know, it's her decision and everything, but I wouldn't trust leaving the baby completely with her for, like, if he were to get kicked out like she wants and, like, go stay at his parents. Like, this little one might not get enough to eat. She might, I'm just, like, not, like, you don't want to imply that the mom is going to do something terrible, but it's also, like, she's not making the best decisions right now for her little one.
2: Yes and no. (laughs) Again, I truly think that she probably has the best of intentions, and really it is maybe more of a a knowledge gap. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, she's not going to get that opportunity to learn what actually, like why, what's the why behind, okay, maybe maybe your grandma did it this way, but here's why we don't really do it this way anymore. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, formula breast milk is recommended exclusively until... You know, four to six months of age. Yeah. And then once they are four to six months of age, I mean, listeners probably aren't even curious about this, but you should (laughs) start with formula and then follow with the food Mm -hmm. so that they are getting the balanced nutrition that they need. Yeah. So I applaud the dad. I mean, that has to be hard when you are in a partnership. Crossing crossing your your wife. Ratting her her out. You know, it's worth it. That kid would be thankful, I'm sure. Like yeah. if that soothed their stomach then and they got right on track with... Yeah. Um, ...everything.
1: And Hopefully she listens. It doesn't sound like she's going to. I know. But, so some of the top comments on this one. Not the asshole. What yeah. your wife is doing to your daughter can cause long-term damage to her digestive system. Not giving her formula can also contribute to her losing weight and not growing. I would suggest you talk to your pediatrician away from your wife for her to get a full picture. It's abuse. Um, And then, like, edit, because this is Mm -hmm. the top comment. OP, which means, like, original poster.
2: Okay, I've been wondering that.
1: Yeah, so it's the person that posted the thread. I urge you to supervise every feeding. Your daughter can choke to death having food. She's not ready for anything but milk. This is extremely serious.
2: And at that age...
1: Two months. Definitely yeah. could. A little nugget. Even
2: rice cereal.
1: Yep. I that know, can th- do that. on the milk
2: don't do that either.
1: No. So Reddit pops off on this like on this woman. Okay. And although OP was hundred percent correct to do what he did for his daughter's sake, now he has to worry what his wife will do when he's not aware slash looking. This is bad news because wife has decided to double down on her poor judgment by being angry with OP.
2: That's and that super
1: is, difficult. Yeah. And that is true. Like I get, like, being set in your ways, and as a parent, you want to make decisions. Like, even me in my own life, I want autonomy. I want to be Mm -hmm. able to make my own decisions. So I imagine as a parent, like, yeah, you're going to take people's advice, but at the end of the day, you're going to do what you want to do. Right. But to have a professional then kind of, like, criticize you and say, no, what you're doing is wrong, Mm -hmm. there's your opportunity to be like, okay, I guess, you know, my parents or whatever I got this from weren't right. I should do formula or breast milk or whatever, The decision is, and
2: that's why I would hope that that medical provider would then not criticize, not jump on the like, oh no, that's terrible, oh that's the worst thing you could do to your kid. No, no, -hmm. you're like, okay, I hear that. You know that really could be contributing. Here's the current evidence. You know, I really strongly suggest this. Let's really have close follow up so we can follow together and make sure that we're giving this kiddo the very best nutrition
1: yeah another um another commenter goes this is a dangerous psychological m'lady called munchausen by proxy where mothers cause medical problems for their children they often kill the children and definitely torture them oh geez and so a lot of like reddit like if you don't read a lot like reddit is like very quick to be like okay a b c d d like yeah e, F, g like they yeah. they always like Jump, people jump to conclusions. Right. Like, we do. We give our takes. Like, that's right. the whole podcast. But
2: and here, I, I like to believe the best in people. And so certainly, I mean, I guess it could be a possibility, but I feel like she would be more sneaky about hiding it
1: True. if that
2: was the case.
1: Yeah. So that's someone why I don't
2: think that's really going on.
1: I just don't even know with her. Like, I just can't imagine continuously to do something after you're told. It's probably causing your baby's colic. Mm. But someone replies to that and goes, this is what I was thinking about, too. His wife is knowingly feeding their baby things that will be causing her illness and upset. And then she is lying to the doctor about it and playing dumb. What if OP said nothing and baby was prescribed medication they didn't actually require? What next? Just read his comments. I hope she gets help she needs right now. Things aren't sounding good at all. So now I'm curious about OP's comments. Yes. We're gonna what happened? Little, we're going to do a little digging. Okay. Just going to get this out there. There's no update for this post. So we don't know what officially happened. No. and it was I need posted... to know the baby's okay. Yeah. And it was posted about four months ago. So. Okay. Just going to read
0: the. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
1: New comments, like the most recent. So someone comments and they go, Not the asshole. Is this normal for her? I ask just in case of some postpartum issues. This seems quite odd behavior. Your child is going to be vitamin deprived. Baby will have potential damage to body. You need to protect your baby. And OP goes, no. She seems very off. I've asked her several times if she's okay, and she says she is fine. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and she's wide awake, sitting up in the bed, staring at the wall. Then when I ask if she's okay, she just says yes and lays back down. I get up with our daughter as well, but my wife is always awake. I assume she sleeps during the day while I'm at work
2: definitely could be some postpartum going on yeah absolutely and a lot of times when women are currently like in the thick of it yeah they don't actually recognize that they're experiencing some postpartum depression
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and it's really a spectrum you know it could be mild it could be moderate it could be severe it could be psychosis yeah um so that's scary it is I, I really feel for that mom then. Like as yeah. far as all the hormone changes that go on in the body, if that's really what's going on, I'd really hope that she would get the help that she needs. Mm-hmm. But as a father, like you absolutely 100% then have to make sure that you're making sure your kid is
1: safe. Yeah. And then so someone replies, oh, wow, that's really scary. She needs to see a doctor of her own. Mm-hmm. Do not leave the baby alone with her right now. If she has a postpartum disorder, it isn't her fault, but mm-hmm. it is her and your responsibility. Both she and the baby need help, and you're the only one who can help. OP replies, new development with her. I found her sitting in the bathroom floor, and I told her I'm planning on packing to go to my mom's. Told her I was taking the baby with me, and she freaked out and said I was going to cause her to die because she needs the baby to be with her. I asked her if she would go see a doctor in the next few days while the baby and I are visiting my parents. I told her I wouldn't tell them that we had a fight and that after she talks to someone... And realizes what she is doing, then we will come home. She started saying crazy things that my parents will try and take custody of the baby, or if she tells the doctor her thoughts, Mm -hmm. they will take the baby, and that she can't be honest. She loves the baby so much and is afraid they will take her away. What do I do aside from taking my daughter to my mother's? See, that is,
2: yeah, she 100% then has postpartum depression, you know, yeah, very severely. Yeah. Because, yeah, she truly does have that fear and that love for that child. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she doesn't know how to help herself. Yeah. So I would say he needs to, yep, deliver that baby to um, his parents where that baby is safe. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be with his wife and support his wife 100% and bring her physically to the doctor. And if yeah. not to the doctor, then to the ER.
1: Uh, yeah, you can do a psych hold from the ER. Yeah. Which like, it's very, as like a medical scribe, I used to be in the room when Mm -hmm. the psych holds like were brought in and we took down all their history and everything. And it, for some it's very traumatic, but then for some it's very like, you don't have that responsibility anymore. The weight is taken off.
2: Well, and here's part of the thing, like after you have the baby, Everybody is all about the baby, which is wonderful. You love mm-hmm. your baby. Your grandma loves the baby. The husband loves it. Everybody loves the baby. <laughs> but then you forget that this mom has kind of been through this traumatic event. Her yeah. Her hormones are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially, I think, in first, I don't know if they mentioned that this is their first child, but it sounds like it probably is. It sounds is. like it is. First baby, she's lost her sense of freedom her sense of identity, she's gone from this single female who has all this freedom to, okay, now I'm a mother and I have to be here hundred percent of the time. Or, um, you know, maybe she tried, we don't know if she tried breastfeeding, if that was like part of the plan or not. And if maybe she's now formula feeding now, like, does she feel
1: some feelings about that? That's a good point because if she tried breastfeeding and Couldn't produce milk, or Mm -hmm. it just didn't work with her and the baby latching. She could be having a lot of guilt about that, and that's why she's trying to push the food. I mean,
2: it's so complex.
1: So complex. complex There's so many factors that could be causing this for her.
2: Yeah. So I feel for both of them. I think it's tough. So tough. Yeah. We never like really heard her why of why she's
1: pushing the food. No. And. I guess we should fill everyone in. You have two kiddos. I do, yeah. Yes, so Amy is, like, she's been through this. She's got, like, experienced parenting. Yeah. Good to fill everyone in.
2: Yeah, I have a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old. And, um, gosh,
1: parenting is a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a wild ride. Do you want to share any of your postpartum experience? Don't feel like you need to. You're welcome to. If not, we'll move along. So... I mean, it's, it's,
2: there are so many avenues that we could take to talk about it. I know. Um, I like to be open because I think that it's not really talked about enough on an open, shame-free, guilt-free platform. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of what I was talking about with OP, that was a little bit my experience of, okay, first baby comes along. Well, first while you're pregnant, I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't love being pregnant, but. I've always had like body issues, like so many women have growing up in, um, you know, this Western culture.
1: Yeah. I always. feel that. I feel that.
2: But when you're pregnant, everybody's like, oh my God, you're glowing. You're beautiful. Can I feel your belly? It's so beautiful. You look <laughs> no. so great. Oh my God. And I'm like, heck yes. Absolutely. I do look fantastic. I love oh this
1: belly. You know, I I do look wonderful in these maternity clothes. Hey, it's a great reason to wear a tight, you know, maxi dress and not have to suck in.
2: Absolutely. Like, <laughs> hey, the first time my um, extra weight was cool. Yeah. You know? So then you deliver the baby. The baby comes home with you. And your body is 100% completely different. So, um, you still look pregnant after you deliver the baby and you go then from having the freedom to, um, go wherever you want to, okay, this is what we need to do now. Mm -hmm. And at the same breath. And so for me, it was really important for me that I really wanted to breastfeed my mother breastfed, all of her kids. My sister did. I know uh, the wonderful benefits of breastfeeding. And so I really, really wanted to provide that for my kids. And it did not come easy. Latch was difficult. Milk production was difficult. Baby was losing weight. Um, We'd go in for like weekly weight checks with the lactation consultant.
1: It's a lot of stress on a new mom. So
2: much stress. I would pump and I would feed and then I would bottle feed. And it was like this continuous thing. All while your nipples are cracking, bleeding, like it hurts. <gasps> it's, you're, you're swollen. Your body is like basically screaming like, oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? What is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And I put a lot of pressure on myself because it was really important yeah. to me. And I really wanted to have the good part of breastfeeding, which the beautiful part of the bonding, um, and just feeling like I was doing the best I could for my baby. We also supplemented with formula. Mm-hmm. Formula is a hundred percent A-OK in my book. It's a, you know, it's a, a wonderful option, um, for those who choose it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of stress with that. But then also I watched my husband, who is wonderful, your brother. Yeah. (laughs) He still had his freedom, especially while I was breastfeeding. Like, even if I left, well... Your boobs were tied to the baby. They were tied to the baby. Or at least
1: pumping. Yes, we still had to go ahead and
2: do that. And so... while he could go and do whatever he pleased and wanted and come and go and still have his some of his like evenings out for a couple hours with his friends, I couldn't do that anymore. Those and I damn was just men. like, I know, they have it so
1: easy. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> Most uh-huh. days.
2: <laughs> I'm not passionate about this topic at all, am I? <laughs> so anyway... Yeah, so I at the time didn't realize that I was experiencing I think looking back some mild to moderate postpartum depression mm-hmm. because it was just all about okay, what is the next task? What do I have to accomplish? Here we go. We, what does the baby need? And especially in the beginning, I had I started having some intrusive thoughts of like things that I never like my brain was like, "Oh my god, where did that come from? This is terrible. This is like, you know, I never doubted my safety around me and my child." But I recognize, like, oh, what in the world is that? But I was so scared. Like that mom said, what if they take my baby away? Mm -hmm. For me, like just having this terrible thought. What if they, um, you know, what if they think I'm crazy? You know, what if
1: all the scary things, right? Well, in postpartum, like I feel like when you had your firstborn, postpartum has really Just kind of become a topic that is Mm -hmm. not so taboo. Mm -hmm. And so when you had your firstborn, like it wasn't really talked about. No. Even you being a healthcare provider at that time, too, (laughs) it just still wasn't really out there. And what it is. Like, it's
2: not just crying and feeling depressed. It's sometimes those weird thoughts Mm -hmm. that you just don't even know where they came from. And so I held it in, and I didn't talk about it, and I made it through. Mm -hmm. And because I knew that I was safe. I, like, consciously knew, okay, you know, I was in the mild-to-moderate stage where I could identify I know that I'm safe. And so I just made it through, and then looking back, I was able to identify it and be like, ooh, that was actually postpartum depression right yeah. there. And I, it didn't have to be so bad. And then I started talking to my girlfriends about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, I had that too. I had that experience too. So
1: many women yeah, or and we don't birth talk about it. go through this. It's, it's so, yeah. I just listened to those of you out there. If you're kind of dealing with this or feeling kind of like an identity crisis being a mom and things like that. I just listened to the most amazing NPR podcast. Um, NPR puts on this other show called Life Kit, and they have an episode geared specifically towards like this whole thing of like being a mom, shifting friend groups, and like having mm-hmm. people that you can still find support with postpartum and all of that. So yep. I'll definitely post a link on the YouTube and as well as some other I love resources. That. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, and you know, if you are a new mom, something I learned in the Life Kit episode was that. Like PMADs, the perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, you can't officially diagnose those until after about three weeks because it's like at that time there's Mm -hmm. still such an influx and the hormone imbalance still. So if you are a new mom and struggling, just know. Absolutely, reach out. There is
2: help. It doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be so hard. No,
1: and dads can be affected as well. I think that was like an interesting thing I've learned recently is that Fathers mm-hmm. can be affected by postpartum depression as well. Oh, I'm sure. It's, um, it's something that's... I mean, there's sympathetic pregnancies, so yeah. why not yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'll make sure that some resources get posted. But just know you are not alone, and there's some great communities out there if you do need some help.
0: Okay,
1: Shifting gears. Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to babysit my niece? Well, you would be. No, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, long story short, I, 29 female, was engaged to my sister's now husband. A month before the wedding, I walked in on my sister, 33 female, Lily, and Mike, 33 male, having sex on my bed. No! Oh, not the asshole then Uh -uh. I dumped him on the spot Good for her After doing some digging I found out that they had been having an affair For six months And that my sister Was two months pregnant with his baby (gasps) No Most of our family had cut out Lily But after her daughter, Emily, was born She was accepted back into the family This is mostly because Emily was the first grandchild First great-grandchild And first niece Well, and of course, not the baby's fault. Not the baby's fault. Lily and Mike also got married not long after Emily, six, was born. Even though Lily has been accepted back into the family, I don't speak to her or Mike or Emily. I want nothing to do with them. I know Emily is innocent in all this, but being around her and seeing her just reminds me of all the pain I felt when I found out about Lily and Mike. Our parents have tried to get me to forgive and forget, but I just can't. So now the issue. My parents usually babysit Emily for my sister when she works or when she runs errands. Lily loves to drop off Emily unannounced. Last week, she apparently had an emergency at work and came to drop off Emily, but our parents weren't home. They had gone out with some friends and would not be back until the next day. When I told her this, she begged and asked if I could just watch Emily since I wasn't working that day. I flat out told her, no, She kept bugging, saying it's just for a few hours, and that she was my niece. I told her again, no. She then said, okay, and I just walked away. A few minutes later, I heard her car pull off and the doorbell ring. When I opened the door, I saw Emily, my niece, standing there. When I asked her about her mom, she said, mommy said you will look after me. (gasps) I brought her inside and called Lily and told her that if she didn't come back for her child, I would be calling the police and telling them that someone abandoned their child at my doorstep. Good for her. After some back and forth, she came back and picked Emily up. The next day, when my parents came home, they were furious at me for what I did. Oh, (laughs) pishpah. They went off on how I should have already gotten over my hate for Lily and her family already and grow up and about how I almost cost Lily her job. I tried telling them that I've gotten over it but I simply don't want anything to do with Lily and her family. They kept going on and on until I just walked away. I've been getting calls and messages from Lily's friends, calling me an asshole and some other names. I spoke to my other sibling and some friends about this, and I have been getting conflicting opinions. Some say I was justified in how I reacted, while others say I acted like an asshole and could have just watched the kid for a few hours. I need some outsider's perspectives on all of this. Am I the asshole? No!
2: No, absolutely not.
1: No, and that's the overall vote.
2: And as a mother, would you want to leave your kid with anybody who
1: did not want to watch them? Come on. I mean, come on. She's clearly set a boundary. Yes. You fucked up. This is the bridge you burned and the problem you created. Yes. This is her boundary.
2: Good for her for setting that boundary. Boundaries are hard
1: to set. They're hard to stick to. Mm
2: -hmm. So 100% not the
1: asshole. Not at all.
2: It was her sister?
1: Her sister. Her sister. Her sister. Cheated. For six months. For six months. And then got pregnant. And they would, like, it's not like they called off the wedding. It was a month before the wedding that she walked in on them. What would have happened if she wouldn't have walked in? Yeah. She was already two months pregnant. Dang. Like, what? How would this have played out if she wouldn't have walked in? Right. right. They probably wanted her to walk in because it was, it was in her bed. Oh. You know, sometimes, though, I think at that point, people just get
2: so confident, like Superman syndrome. No one's going to find out. Yeah.
1: No one will know. Who's going to know? Who's going to know? Who's going to know? Yeah.
2: So that's terrible. I feel really bad for that little kid. I know. I feel really terrible for that kid. I know. And you know what? Her parents should not be telling her how to feel. They need to respect that. No, that's terrible. And you know, okay, family. Right. I think that you and Matt's family is a perfect, wonderful example of like, yeah, sometimes families are blood, but sometimes family is not blood and it's family is who you choose and it's Mm -hmm. A-OK if you have a toxic family member to be like, "Mm, nope, this is my life. Yeah. And you're not welcome in it. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. Overall vote was not the asshole. Top comment, not the asshole. You said no and the child was abandoned. You even called to warn your sister to collect her child, which was more communication than you were provided. Mm -hmm. Someone else goes, no is a complete sentence. Someone goes, true. But if she feels the need to elaborate in her response to the flying monkeys, I would go with, I will not babysit my cheating ex's child. It's a good one. Yeah. and It's a good line. Flying monkeys... on like nar- like the narcissistic parents threads or like just no mother-in-law and people that are kind of like having these group of enablers behind them, they like to call them the flying monkeys.
2: Oh. It's like Wizard of,
1: of Oz kind of tribute the, a little bit? The enablers, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah, I think that's like the thing too. It's like, yeah, this is your sister and like your niece, but this was also the man you planned on spending your life with. And that's... What a direct, betrayal. Yeah, that's the direct, you know, result, product of that betrayal and affair. So I don't think I'd be babysitting. No. It wouldn't be me. No. It wouldn't be me. Easy, easy, uh, easy decision on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Up next. Am I the asshole for calling my baby's mother petty for not letting me be in the delivery room? Ooh. Okay. My ex and I were engaged, but broke it off early into her pregnancy. We had a lot of issues, but our breakup was precipitated by her catching me sexting people behind her back and a couple of flings.
2: Overall, And a couple of flings. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm just going to nonchalantly throw that out there. Just a couple of flings while, my, you know, you know, while you're carrying my baby and having joint pains and yeah. swollen ankles and casual. so forth. Just some casual
1: flings. Okay. Overall, we have kept it amicable through her pregnancy, but I definitely wouldn't call us friends. I called to check on her since she is due within the next month and asked what the plan was for delivery. I guess I assumed I would be in the delivery room when the baby is being born. She told me due to COVID precautions, she has only allowed one person with her while she is in the hospital and she's going to have her best friend with her and that I can meet the baby once she gets home. I got angry and told her it was petty and vindictive to not allow me in the room to witness our child's birth. She snapped back and told me, She needs someone who brings her comfort and she can be vulnerable with, and that's not me. Am I the asshole for calling her petty to be in this situation? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Asshole. For sure. Asshole. Without a doubt.
2: Asshole. (laughs) Labor is so personal and so challenging and so, um, I don't even have the words really to describe it.
1: No, I think so I've... individualized. Yeah, and I think I've traumatized everyone in like an earlier episode that I, I'm i clearly very scared of <laughs> carrying a child, giving birth, all of the above. So I, I've really scarred people with the mm. fact that you can break ribs, you can lose teeth. Your bladder, is your bladder the same, TMI? Uh, you know, honestly, mostly. But pelvic floor therapy,
2: uh, you know, it's a everybody, good thing. it's a good thing. Yeah, so... Uh, childbirth is, it can be traumatic. It can be traumatic. And so when you're in the thick of it too, I mean, into the thick of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes I wanted my uh, midwife of a nurse who was, well, she was a nurse who was going to school to be a midwife. She was
1: amazing. I know it was a girl I went to high school with, I think. Yeah,
2: she was amazing. Um, But she knew all the like, okay, do this position. Let's try this. Like she was so supportive and you needed that person. That's who you need. That's the vibe. And That's the vibe. You need, and for me, Matt was, I only wanted Matt in the room as well mm-hmm. and because he was my person. You know, you just want the person that's going to give you the most support. Not a cheating
1: ex. No, oh my God. No, I'd be like, get that far out of here. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Uh, so overall vote was asshole. Okay. You were spot on. Top comment. You're the asshole. Giving birth is an incredibly difficult process, so she has the right to focus on her comfort first. Really? I'm surprised she is even offering to let you see the child. Right. I know many women that if while they were pregnant, their partner cheated on them, then the father wouldn't see anything but a court date for child support. You should be grateful she is being as civil as she is. That comment got 37,000 upvotes. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, a hundred and Especially COVID is a real thing. So um, there were those restrictions. There are those restrictions in some places still. And um, everybody's just trying to keep everybody safe. And so it's not her fault. She can only have one person. So if you're in the most terrible pain of your life, do you want your cheating
1: ex there? Like, so OP does have an edit. He goes, edit to add. Since these have been questions in the comments, yeah, I cheated on her. Yes, some of it was before she was pregnant. She broke it off because she caught me sexting while we were laying in bed one night and then found all the other stuff. We ended on the note we would try to be friends for the baby. We were going to try to go to counseling and see if we could fix things and work it out for the baby. But then she caught me in a lie. Not cheating again, but related a line to trying to minimize her hurt due to what I'd done. And she cut me off completely other than giving me updates after each appointment and inviting me to a 3D ultrasound. It's been entirely her choice not to be friends. Her best friend hasn't even been around for her pregnancy. She's been traveling for work. She's only coming back now to help with labor and recovery, then leaving again. Last part of why I feel it's pettiness motivating her choices is because she is using COVID as the reason to keep my family from meeting the baby. She told me she thinks only my parents should meet her until she gets a little bit older and wants them to wear masks. But she's still working as a nurse, getting exposed to COVID daily. So how is it really that much of a concern to her? I feel like it's about control over the baby.
2: She is so responsible. Way to go, OP. No, not OP, but, you know. Baby mama. mama. Baby mama. Way to go, baby mama. (laughs) Seriously.
1: Absolutely. She sounds amazingly responsible. A little baddie being a nurse. Yes. Eight months still grinding as a nurse. Heck yes. And, you know, there's
2: something about this emotional trust and this emotional connection that your best friend doesn't have to be in the same town, city, country, whatever, for you guys to still have that emotional trust and connection. Yeah. And that trust. And that her best friend is flying in for her delivery. I mean, that that speaks volumes.
1: The fact she's flying in and staying for, like, almost labor and recovery Like, that's a long time for this other person to take off work to be there to support her friend. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're close. They've got a bond. Not petty. Not petty at all. Like, and this guy's just a pathological liar, it sounds like. Oh, caught me in another lie. Get real, buddy. You you did this to yourself. This is on you. 100%. 100%. Yeah, the comments just... Rip him to shreds, I hope. Rip him to shreds. (laughs) And rightfully so. um, Basically just being like, she's a poor thing, like has to co-parent with this dude for the next Mm. 18 years. And that's the thing too that I really think is like, when you have a partner that's not a partner or is shit like this, don't try to make it work for the kid's sake. No, The kids end up suffering. The kids pick up on this stuff and witness this stuff. Yeah, they're smart. They're intuitive. They're so intuitive. And then, that's the relationship example they grow up seeing, right? As well. So like, it's not worth it, right? Someone goes five dollars. Says he ditches the kid within a year. He's already proven he can't handle commitment. Ooh, burn! That one's bad. <laughs> that one's so bad. Oh. Well, I hope that he kind of like
2: learned from all those comments. Yeah. Maybe took some time for some self-reflection,
0: some growth,
2: maybe a little meditation.
1: Yeah. Lord knows he needs all of that. Yeah, I agree. But he needs to grow up real fast. He's got a baby coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we can get a little more into the bad parenting or tough love. Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to let my stepson return home without punishment after he ruined my daughter's book collection? My biological 12-year-old daughter, Susan, likes to collect and read old children's books. She's become an incredible reader. She had problems with reading and learning before, and we were advised to encourage her to read, and ever since she started reading, her skills have improved. She also reads to her two-year-old sister every night. So sweet. I love this child already. I have a 16-year-old stepson, Levi, who can be a hothead sometimes. We don't have a son-dad relationship, but I respect him and he respects me, though he can act quite mean and selfish towards me and his sisters. He'd throw away stuff that belongs to us over small arguments and teases Susan for spending a lot of time reading and calling her a grandma. My wife and I discussed his behavior and had conversations and agreed on punishment, but Levi'd go to his dad's place whenever he causes troubles, then have his dad yell at me for wanting to discuss a suitable punishment. Then Levi comes home, days later, expecting me to let go of what he did every time. It's frustrating. I got a call at work from Susan saying Levi took her entire book collection and threw them in the pool. That's so sad. After she refused to lend him and his friends her camera for his trip. My wife helped get them out, but they were wet and some were torn. It was horrific because some of those books are hard to get and meant a lot to Susan as a part of her life. I was so mad at Levi. I came home to have a conversation with my wife to decide on a punishment, but he already packed a small bag and went to his dad's. I asked my wife how could she let him basically run After doing this, and she said he'd called his dad and he came to pick him up after Susan said that I was coming home to deal with the problem. I went to his dad's house and he refused to let me see him. I told him how Levi was hiding from consequences and his dad tried to justify why Levi was acting out by blaming me for how me and Susan treat him. He even said he'd get CPS involved if I ever tried to punish him because I'm not his dad. I have no right. Adding what Levi did was a reaction to my daughter being mean to him. He told me to leave because Levi won't come home till I promise not to do anything about what he did and put it in writing. I told him Levi should stay there with him then. He's not to come back till he gets proper punishment. His dad argued it's his mom house too and called my wife and she asked to let this go and we'll figure out some way to resolve it. But I don't think it's fair to Susan to have her books ruined and Levi get away with it. They're asking me to let it go, but this will only encourage Levi to do worse if I don't deal with it now. It's been two weeks, and my in-laws say I was out of line for banning Levi from coming home and are telling me to step back, but I refused.
2: Oh, parenting is so hard.
1: <laughs> and then co-parenting... Fuck this kid. Sixteen. This, I mean, he can drive a car at sixteen. Like that was
2: wrong. Absolutely, he knows it. A hundred
1: percent. Like he's being a terrorist like this because he's gotten away with it so many times. Yeah. Op said it right at the beginning. He does this shit and destroys stuff when he doesn't get his way, Mm -hmm. and then runs. And then runs. It's It's a pattern. Like. So hard, and it seems
2: like all the parents well, maybe not the step parent, but you know, the mom and the dad are
1: a little bit enabling.
2: Oh like, my god, yeah. I really honestly feel like the responsibility needs to fall on the mom.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's got to be a joint effort, but it's also like the dad said, it isn't really the stepdad's place, right? It's the mom yeah. to lay down the hammer, and it feels like she's not. No, and you know what, okay, which then
2: undermines the stepdad. I'm sure that the 16-year-old kid has gone through a lot, too. We don't know his background, but his parents are separated. Divorce can be really hard. Divorce can be really tough. His brain is still growing. He doesn't... His body's changing, puberty, all that stuff. Oh, shit. And and that can be really hard. So you got to think about that, too, right? Yeah. I mean, he he definitely needs a little bit more direction from his biological mom and dad. And they need to try to figure out a way where they can be on the same page, co-parent a little bit better. Stepdad, that's a super hard place to be in because that's his daughter. You know, he's like, that wasn't
1: right. And they have another child together, which sounds like Levi isn't the best to that little one either. So that's super hard to watch,
2: I think. I don't know what, like at what step of the game he came into this family or this relationship. But I'm also really about like natural consequences and natural... Um, repercussions and like instead of like a like oh stepdad's coming home to punish you you know okay well you know what maybe let's think about what would happen in the real world if you destroyed someone else's property
0: and you're gonna need
2: to pay for the replacement of that and somehow make it up to that little one no whether it's you know, getting a job, which probably the 16 year old could benefit from. I don't know. I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like this poor little one. It's like she's only 12 and it sounds like a lot of these books had a lot of sentimental value. Right. So it's really heartbreaking for her. Like having someone purposefully destroy your stuff or hurt you by damaging something of yours, it's gut wrenching. Yeah, especially Ugh. if it means so much to you at that age. Yeah. So, top comment on this one. People really Yeah, what did everybody off. else say? So, not the asshole at all, which I agree. Like, yeah. this dude sounds so rational. Like, he does. He was coming home to have a conversation about punishment. Right. Whether that's grounding, not letting him go on a trip. Like, he yep. sounded like he was being very rational. Absolutely. The son absolutely blew it out of proportion yeah. to his father. He's just, yep. He's anyway. been pampered. And he's milking the system of running yep. to his dads so the top comment not the asshole if your wife refuses to punish her son then you need to divorce her or at the very least move into a separate house with susan and your youngest daughter until levi is out of the house for good if your stepson continues to get away with hurting susan with no consequence susan is going to suffer greatly this is the hill to die on and they add to everyone telling me that divorce is a crazy suggestion and is an overreaction. I would like to point out my suggestion specified that he should do this if his wife refuses to punish her son. I'm not saying that he shouldn't try to convince his wife first. I'm saying that if she continues to go along with her ex-husband and refuses to punish her son, when her son does horrible things to his daughter, then OP needs to separate his daughters from the stepson. If OP does manage to get his wife on the side, then no, obviously he shouldn't divorce her.
2: You got to absolutely like protect your child
0: no the, matter what you're because you're
2: advocate. You know, also if he's disrespecting her property so much, like is are there are there other things yeah. that he's not respecting, you, you got to be just kind of on the lookout for that stuff.
1: Yeah. The comment after that goes, "Agree 100%. This is a hill to die on. Not just for the daughter, but also Levi. He needs not only the consequences of his action but intervention from a trained professional. Which, that's true. Like, he might need some therapy. Maybe he's lashing out for a reason. Like, this isn't normal behavior. We all need therapy from time to time, especially this kid. Everyone can benefit from therapy. For real. Everyone. For real. Let's remove that stigma. Everyone. Absolutely. We're big therapy pluggers here. (laughs) Big therapy pluggers. I like it. Yeah, so someone else goes... I'd start with selling everything he has at your house and using the money to start replacing her books. Okay. Fair fair punishment like it's either yeah. get, get a job and pay to replace the books or like you're going to lose some of your things that you value. Cuz yeah. you wanted to sabotage I her. I feel like that's a natural consequence. I like it. Yeah. So comments really popped off on this. People were like file a claim in small claims court for the value of the books. Oh, Keep goodness. it up with everything he destroys. When his bio dad is on the hook for paying for all his destructive behavior, he'll change his tune. Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. Maybe, but that that then creates a lot of inner family co-parenting drama. Ooh, sure does. It's, uh, it's really... I don't know if we
2: have to involve the courts thus far, <laughs> but... I Levi, mean, you definitely. can leave it in
1: your back pocket. Yeah. Levi definitely needs some consequences. He needs Either a, way. he needs
2: some consequences. He needs some therapy. therapy. He's still a minor. His brain is growing. Yeah. But he needs some direction. So I, a hundred percent, you know, he has, he needs to take responsibility, but his parents need to help him take responsibility. Yeah. The mom needs the to get mom. on board.
1: I think it's, that's where it lies. Yeah, definitely. I think being a step parent, like would be very, very difficult. Like, it's not your kids. There could be some resentment there. Like mm-hmm. I know, I went through that with my step-parents I had. Like there was no telling me anything and like the way they treated me wasn't good. So like it was very reciprocal. Right. So yeah, it's very tough. Like it's a fine line you're walking as mm-hmm. a step-parent and that's why the mom that needs to like Right. Get it together. Yeah. Like, as good. a
2: step-parent, you I feel like you got to be that positive influence. You need yeah. to be that you need to
1: a little bit be more of a friend. Yeah, I kind of think an ally, but also like right a stern ally. Like there's that mutual respect as like, yeah, not the line to walk. Not the asshole. No, not the asshole. Tough love. I'd say not bad parenting. There you go. Okay. Next one. The last one for us. Am I the asshole for telling my wife to bring my youngest daughter with her? I have two daughters, Elise, 15, and Addie, four. Addie is also my wife's daughter, and Elise is from a previous relationship. Elise used to only visit every other weekend, but two years ago, her mom died and she moved in with us. Since then, my wife has taken Elise out once a week to get lunch, dinner, and shop or get their nails done or go to the beach as well as taking Elise out for ice cream or hot cocoa after her therapy sessions. My wife takes Addy out, but not as much as Elise, and when they go out, it's usually just to the park, then for ice cream, or to the zoo. They're planning an overnight trip to a beach town a few hours away for Elise's birthday, and Addy is upset that she doesn't get to go, so I told my wife to bring Addy with her. My wife said Addie wouldn't like most of the stuff they do together, and even if she did, All of her attention would be on Addie and making sure she doesn't run off or get hurt. I told my wife that Addie is upset about not getting to go with them and she needs to make it fair, but she snapped and said that Addie gets the majority of her attention every day and that this is making it fair to Elise. She left and is refusing to talk about this again, so I wanted to know if I was the asshole. Oh no, nope, 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 nope,
2: Four-year-old doesn't get to come with.
1: Four-year-old is like a little baby. She's not
2: going to know the difference after. They are in such different places in their lives. They're and it levels. sounds it sounds like the, the mom, the stepmom, new mom, is really trying very hard to have a nice, special relationship with his daughter. Yeah,
1: she's bonding. Yes. She has like picked up. Like such a tragic experience, losing your mom at this young age. Like I have anxiety about my Can't parents even passing imagine. now, so like I cannot even imagine going through right. this trauma. And this stepmom is like kicking it up to level like 110. Right. Like she's on fucking X Games mode, right. trying to like make up for this little girl's loss. This is a dream step parent. Right. She's being fantastic. Devoting this, personal
2: time, yeah. making her feel important, making her feel like family. Yeah. Not like... The four-year-old doesn't get to come. No. no. And
1: like for the dad to like kind of miss this, like, buddy, you... I don't know you, why. No. And like, here's your opportunity to spend time with your four-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. have a fun bonding weekend. Yep. Here's your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Like, make it, oh no, this is this is time for mommy and Elise, like... We're gonna have a fun weekend too. Just wait. Yeah. She's it's a daddy and
2: daughter date also. Yeah. It is a mommy and well, not really anymore, but stepmom, stepmommy, and, and daughter. And da- yeah, step-daughter, stepdaughter date. However you want Birthday date. Yeah. Whatever. But you can you can play it up and you can make it like positive for that four year old mm-hmm. girl too. I kinda am like, dude, do you
1: just need the week are you trying to get the weekend by yourself? Yeah. Like that's a little selfish there. Yeah. This post is like now deleted, but I do have some of the comments screenshotted. Okay. So top comment, you're the asshole. Overall vote on this was asshole. Yes. No doubt. Like easy there. Bad bad parenting here. Right. Bad parenting. So you're the asshole. Good lord. Your wife is being a great stepmom to your teenage daughter who just lost her mom. Small kids get upset about not being able to do the th- the same things as their older siblings do. That's normal. You as a parent have to deal with her disappointment. This is normal. It's a part of being a parent. You now have a gift, the chance to spend time with your little girl one-on-one. Make it a daddy-daughter weekend, like yes. you said. Build stuff, make stuff. Put put a putter in her hands, whatever. The weekend Addie has now is up to you. Can you make it fun for her? And the top comment is, maybe he just doesn't want to babysit. Right? So... It's not babysitting if it's your kid. (laughs) Thank you. So as someone points out in the comments, as per OP replies here, and they linked it, but I just have a screenshot, they usually go while Addie's in daycare or summer camp or close to her bedtime. So it's pretty difficult for me to do anything with her when they go out.
2: Well, sounds like he is due for some one-on-one time with that little four-year-old. I tell you what, four-year-olds, the world revolves around them. Mm -hmm. That's normal. Like, how do you have a special birthday weekend if you're (laughs) with someone where the world revolves around them?
1: And that's like she said, like, she's got to worry about her not getting hurt, her running away, her getting kidnapped. Like, four-year-olds are little, like, they're little terrorists. Like, they are just in their own little world. They want everything their way. Like... I nannied a four year old and a five year old and a three year old, and like they all grew. And it's just like, it was chaos. Right. And like this little girl needs a fun weekend all on her own. And my daughter's four, it's so fun to join her
2: in her little world. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, that's what we're doing. We are joining her in her world. In her
1: world. <laughs> yes. Someone comments things my four year old has been jealous of today that the 18 month old is on antibiotics. Yes, that the eighteen-month-old got a pediolite freeze, that the <laughs> cat gets to sleep on the TV stand, that daddy gets to go to work, and that people who got flooded in the last few weeks get to have lakes in their yards. <laughs> what did Eloise say to you like
2: um, earlier tonight? Like, oh, be be quiet, don't talk because I want to sing. Literally, she For was trying, everybody. <laughs> she was trying to put on her
1: Elsa show and. Right. Me talking was ruining her vibe.
2: It is. It was ruining it. So, Auntie Morgan, just please be
1: quiet I because ruined, I need to sing. <laughs> I ruined the vibe for sure. Oh, dear. Yeah, someone goes, like, basically, where are you in all of this? You haven't mentioned any attention or time you spend with your kids. In any case, you're the asshole. And someone replies, he hasn't mentioned it probably because he doesn't. He probably, like... All of the parenting responsibility is probably on the the wife, the stepmom, mm-hmm. the mother. So in his eyes, he's like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do for a weekend? You got to take the four year old, right? I can't handle this. And
2: if he does it, it's going to be the best weekend ever. I mean, play Legos, do something you like to do. It's but so he needs, easy. To, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, just scared.
1: Um, there's a lot of comments, just basically tearing him apart, just basically being like." It sounds like this perspective is coming from him and he really has like no idea what's truly going on in their day to day. Yeah. Like it sounds like he's very uninvolved is what a lot of the commenters are picking up on. Like someone goes, did you notice Addie getting more attention than Elise at home? I mean, from a practical purpose, adults tend to pay more attention to younger kids and teenagers tend to not want to spend time with their parents. I don't know that anyone is the asshole here, but I do wonder how aware you are of the dynamic inside your home. Yeah. Parents don't tend to pay more attention
2: to their younger kids. Mm-hmm. Younger kids demand that their parents
1: pay more attention to them. True. So, yeah, someone else goes, they quote him saying, quote, my wife says, and they go, is an odd way to put it. Do you think she's lying? Oh. And it's also like everything, his, his perspective, like my wife says, it's like, well, where like where, where are you? Where is your involvement in all of exactly. this? Exactly. Do you go to work, come home, and then your hands off? Hmm. You good after that? Like, right. Yeah.
2: Well, it so. seems like he hit the lottery with his now current wife. Seriously. And he needs to be thankful for that. And yes. there's a little bit of opportunity for growth.
1: Yep. Here's your chance, buddy. Here's
2: your chance. Here's your That's chance. a nice way of
1: saying you've been fucking it up. <laughs> 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 Truly. Some bad parenting there. Step it up. Yeah. Parenting, is it should be 50-50. And like, I saw like a post and I, we talked about it a little bit on our Wholesome episode. The one with the stay-at-home mom where like the husband is like, oh, stay-at-home mom. Like, no, everything <gasps> yes. everything is on you. That's what a stay-at-home mom does. But the mom was uh-huh. being like, no, she gets nine to five. Yep. And then after five, it is split 50-50. I really liked that I loved that take. Mom's perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how it should be. Like, I see something, I saw something else on Reddit too, and it was talking about this story about this mom working. Yeah. The mom and the husband both work. They're full-time workers. But then when the mom comes home, the mom is still expected to take care of the kid the whole night, and mm-hmm. the dad was very hands-off. And it's like, so she's working two jobs? Yep. That Like, how's Super that? Super common. How's that fair? You know, women can
2: have it all, but then that means that you just do it all and everybody needs to come into, um, the current times and, and really think about how you're splitting it 50, 50. So there's this card game on Amazon that I've heard about where it goes through and lists all of kind of the responsibilities for day to day life, but not just like taking out the trash, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, caring for the kids, but also the, um, mental tasks that a lot of women take on as the far emotional. as falling on the like house manager like okay keeping track of kids dentist appointments and doctor's appointments yeah and paying the daycare and um figuring out okay if this kid is sick then what's going to happen the who logistics stays home? of their life so on and so on yeah So, dividing up all those tasks, and you get like a card deck, and then you can compare, like, okay, is it split 50 50? Or does one person have like this big stack and this other person have this little stack where you can maybe then decide, okay, let's reassign some of these responsibilities. I love that. To make it a little more fair so both people
1: feel balanced. Yeah, I love that. Do you remember what it's called?
2: I don't know, but I Amazoned it it lately. We'll
1: we'll find it, and I'll post the link. I kind of want to order that. Like, that sounds... It's cool. I've heard of people
2: even preparing for their kids coming so they can think about it and be conscious about it and be like, okay, this naturally a lot of the times, and as a type A person, I like it done this way. I have a hard time letting go of things, so it's not always, right? It's not always your partner's fault it maybe it's sometimes a little bit of shared responsibility that like, okay, I like the clothes folded this way and you're not allowed to fold them any other way or stack Mm -hmm. them in the drawer any other way than this way. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of give and take so that Mm -hmm. both of your plates feel balanced.
1: So I don't know we'll have to I'll have to look up the name of that card game. I love this though. I recently learned like I have so much to say on this. Like this this in itself could be a whole other I know sure It absolutely could. So I just learned about this term though, like weaponized incompetence that I love our male listeners out there, but in like a lot of traditional households where the mom, wife, or however that looks in your household, the caregiver has all of these tasks, like even grocery shopping. Right. And then where they'll ask their spouse to do it and they'll go do it, but they need their handheld. They call from the store. Oh, is this ketchup? They get back from the store. They got the wrong stuff despite having a list. And so there's this term I recently learned, and I really want to dive in and learn more about, but weaponized incompetence where they'll do it on purpose so that you're not asked to do it again. Yes. What? Yes. That's terrible. Big thing. But again, to plug NPR and the Life Kit podcast, they have a great episode about like a relationship contract, a love contract and it's this amazing contract where you kind of like analyze kind of like the card game did. Okay. Where are you on this? How right. would you like to be on this? What responsibilities could I take from you? Are you happy with our balance? What are your goals financially? What are your goals relationship wise for us? And you kind of do this periodically yeah, every six months, maybe once a month. And you kind of reevaluate your relationship. And it's like, they did it on the episode, like her, the producer and her partner did it. And it was so great. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this. But I'm like, this card game sounds like the same thing. And it's guided. I it love sounds it. so nice. You know, I it envision really it fun. with some wine. Oh
2: you know, God. okay, you yeah. have to have a glass or two of wine before Kick I back. think you dive into this game.
1: Yes. Lube up a little bit. As, <laughs> there you uh, go. As we like to <laughs> maybe, call it. Maybe have
2: um, some bedroom accessories ready for afterwards you can mm. make up. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you might have you to You gotta plan this and be strategic. Especially if you get heated. <laughs> you gotta have a good way to recover.
2: Right. Which but I... yeah, nowadays whether you're a stay at home mom or you're a working mom, I think then you come home from whatever you've been doing all day and if it just continues without that equal balance from your partner, it can be really exhausting. You're
1: working sixteen, maybe eighteen hour days. That's right. And I'm sure lot. that
2: there are men that are doing this as well.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I know there's some, there's a lot of stay at home dads nowadays, which is good. Absolutely. I love it. You know, to each their own, do what makes you happy. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what we're all about here. Happiness. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. This been has ec- been so much fun. I know. It's so good. <laughs> I have a feeling everyone's going to like your calm, rational, oh well, educated responses. So we'll see. No, this was, this was good. <laughs> So thank you. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Well, you guys, that's all I have on this episode of Two Hot Takes. Make sure you tune into the YouTube and check this out because Amy's reactions on a lot of these stories were priceless. They were great. But until next time, bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) woo (laughs)